0: Part 1. Blueprints Author's Introduction Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? Matthew twelve twenty-five through 26 Jesus was here contrasting his kingdom with Satan's. Christ's is a unified kingdom. God is sovereign over his kingdom, yet men are responsible agents. God runs it from the top with perfect justice and perfect knowledge, a kingdom based on law, but men choose whom they will serve. They are either covenant keepers or covenant breakers. God's kingdom is unified, and it serves as leaven, steadily replacing the divided kingdoms of the devil. This book is about God's kingdom. God's kingdom begins in heaven, but extends to earth. Christ announced after his death and resurrection, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28:18 through 20 With these words, Matthew ends his gospel. There are five crucial concepts found in these words. These concept pattern the concepts pattern the Ten Commandments found in Exodus 20. The first table of the five commandments deal with what man owes to God, while the second table shows what man owes to his fellow man. Without the first five, the second five will not work. The sanctity of life, respect for the marriage relationship, and the rights of private property are dependent upon a transcendent God who gives mandates in an unchanging law for individuals and governments. The structure of Jesus' command to his disciples is the very structure of the Ten Commandments. 1. Christ is sovereign over heaven and earth, yet present with his people. He is both transcendent, high above, and imminent present with us. 2. He is the supreme commander over a hierarchy, so his followers are to bring the nation under Christ's authority through baptism. 3. His kingdom is a kingdom of law, meaning ethics, for Christians are commanded to teach men to observe, obey, all that he commands. 4. He judges the nations, for baptism is a covenant sign, a form of oath taken before God. Violating the terms of the biblical covenant always brings cursings, Deuteronomy 2815 through 68 while obedience brings blessings, Deuteronomy 28, 1-14. 5. There is continuity over the generations of man, for he promises to be with his people always, to the end of the age. What Jesus was saying is that his kingdom will stand, but Satan's will fall. Nation by nation, Satan's inherently divided kingdom will fall to Christ, through the preaching of the gospel and the discipling of the nation under Christ's law. Like a long row of dominoes, Satan's nations will inevitably fall in history. Christ promised, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, hell, shall not overpower it, Matthew 16:18. Empires and Dominoes Today's world is divided into two rival camps, with everyone else doing his best to stay out of the way of the giants. The Cold War is a reality. It has been going on ever since the Russian Revolution of 1917, and it has escalated since the end of World War II. But another Cold War has been going on since the Garden of Eden. It is a war between good and evil, between God and Satan. The stakes for this competition are very high. Eternal life or eternal judgment. In the Vietnam War, it was common to hear the argument that South Vietnam was a domino. If it fell to the communists, then all of Southeast Asia would fall country by country. Then the Far East would fall. We had to defend South Vietnam or else experience the domino effect. Well, South Vietnam fell, and now Vietnam is in a war against the communists in Laos, and also against the communists in Cambodia. In other words, Laotians hate Cambodians, Cambodians hate Vietnamese. The Red Chinese and the Soviets have their client states. Everyone hates the Chinese and the Russians, especially each other. Hardly any American knows what is going on there, or which Southeast Asian nation is allied with which communist giant but 55,000 American troops didn't return alive. Meanwhile, the tiny city-state of Singapore is getting ever richer, the Malaysians are getting richer, and Thailand is still outside the communist sphere of influence. If the domino effect was really true in 1970, it has not yet been proven. We are also seeing the Soviet Union fighting desperately in the African nations of Angola and Mozambique to destroy anti-communist freedom movements. Their empire is threatened. So far, no client state of the Soviet Union has yet to fall to a national anti-communist revolution. But the Soviet Union's leaders are spending billions annually to keep it from happening. They fear the domino effect, as do all empires. Lose one, they believe and you may lose them all. They also believe that they face the domino effect. Why? Because empires are top-heavy. They are held together by force and money. If either force or money wane, emperors ask themselves, what will hold the hostile nation, national groups together? What will bind the many to the one? How will the tyrannical laws of a distant elite be maintained in the lives of other men who obey today only out of fear? If men's hearts and minds are not at peace in the kingdom, how will it survive when power wanes? That is the problem facing the top-down empires of today. It is a question that has faced every empire in history. So far, no empire has found a solution. No empire ever will. Daniel 2:36 through 43 The kingdom of God will conquer them all. Quote, The God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people it will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms but it will endure forever daniel 2:44 God's kingdom is a kingdom of the heart not a top down centralized power that crushes the lawful desires of men therefore creating rebels if a house is divided against itself it cannot stand man's political houses are divided against themselves they shall not stand a different kind of domino effect There is a governmental domino effect that also seems to be facing nations. Government too often has been defined solely in political terms. The Bible's definition of government is comprehensive. It includes self-government, family government, church government, and civil governments, all at jurisdictional levels. There are those, however, who want to narrow the definition and thus create a domino effect. The denial... Of God's sovereign rule over all of life, and the denial of all earthly governments established by God. Parents and children in family government, elders and members in a church government, and rulers and citizens in civil government. In effect, the state civil government is the last domino to fall. All governmental distinctions are eliminated in the favor of the state. The state is everything. For Hegel, quote, the state incarnates the divine idea upon earth. In effect, the state is God. Benito Mussolini declared, quote, everything for the state, nothing outside the state, nothing against the state. Adolf Hitler, one of the greatest tyrants who ever lived, understood the domino effect. It begins with the elimination of the individual will for the benefit of the state. It is thus necessary that the individual should finally come to realize that his own ego is of no importance in comparison with the existence of his nation, that the position of the individual ego is conditioned solely by the interest of the nation as a whole, that above all the unity of a nation's spirit and will are worth far more than the freedom of the spirit and will of an individual. When the First Domino Falls when the first domino of self-government falls, we can't expect the fall of all the governmental dominoes. Why? Self-government or submission to God and faithful obeying Him in all things undergoods all institutional governments like the family, church, and state. Self-government is exclusively moral because it does not align itself with any earthly throne. God, through His Word, directs the self-governed Christian. Self-government therefore deals with what is right and wrong in terms of God's pre- prescribes of what God prescribes. Without self-government all institutional governments will be corrupt, reflecting the corruption of the individual in 1682 William Penn wrote let men be good and the government cannot be bad If it be ill they will cure it but if men be bad let the government, Be never so good, they will endeavor to warp and spoil it to their turn. This is why the apostle Paul put such an emphasis on the fruit of the Spirit, especially self control, self government, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control Galatians five twenty two to twenty three. He, con- he contrasts the self-governed individual with those who follow after their own lust, those who are not self-governed under God's absolute government, Jude 18. The vices of those who lack self-government are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envyings, drunkenness, carousings, and things like these, Galatians 5:19 19-21. If we see these characteristics in civil government we can most assuredly conclude that they first manifested themselves in self-government the all-embracing state feeds on poor self-government statists are assured that those who lack self-control will elect leaders who will promise them relief from their own sin of course relief never comes only tyranny moral criteria for leadership those who cannot govern themselves cannot be expected to govern others there's a direct relationship between poor self-government and family and church governments for example a ruler in the church must be a be a Above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine, or pugnacious, but gentle, uncontentious, free from the love of money, he must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God?' and not a new convert, lest he become conceited or fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so that he may not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil, verses 2-7. When moral self-government under God's law is not operating because the sovereign government of God is denied and his law is repudiated, we can expect the family and church to suffer the inevitable wicked effects. The one human government that seems always to be ready to pick up the pieces is civil government, meaning the state. Once all the dominoes fall against the last domino of civil government, those in power scoop up all the dominoes and go home, obliterating the multiple governments under God and denying the individual and the God-ordained governments of the family and the church. The limited, delegated sovereignty given to them by God is denied. The new rulers assume that there is no need for self-government, undergirding the family, church, and state. In fact, even God's sovereign rule is denied. The state rules and overrules. If Christians are to change things at the higher levels of civil government, things must first change at the bottom. First in the hearts of men, second in the realm of self-government, third in the church government, fourth in family government, fifth in local civil government, and only then in distant central government. Christian Reconstruction is an inside-out process, a bottom-up process. Nevertheless, this process can take place nearly simultaneously during a major revival, as it did in Nineveh under the preaching of Jonah. Changes eventually must occur at both ends of the domino spectrum. Those who rule at the highest levels of civil government must cease to see themselves as independent of God's government over them. At the same time, the citizenry must stop looking to the state for salvation and get their households in order. The government at the top, civil government or the state, is a reflection of the government at the bottom, the type of self-government supporting the family and church. In effect, you get what you vote for. Israel's example Israel's history is the scene for the biblical domino effect. The Apostle Paul wrote, For I do not want you to become unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now these things happened as an example for us, that we should not crave evil things as they also craved. And do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, The people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. Nor let us act immorally as some of them did, and twenty-three thousand fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. 1 Corinthians 10, 1-11 God was rejected as their sovereign redeemer. Instead of craving God, they craved evil things. Instead of worshipping God, they became idolaters. Their rejection of God started the dominoes falling. Forty years were wasted in the wilderness as the people ignored God's sovereign government and endured his judgment. Numbers 13 through 14. An entire generation died in the wilderness. A new generation entered the land and again were warned by God. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Joshua 1.8 After the conquest, when a new generation was about to take over the reign of dominion, Joshua repeated the earlier admonition. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you were living— but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord Joshua 24:14 and 15 Summary In our day we have imitated the Israelites in their sin not their faithfulness we are facing similar problems at all levels governments Plural are experiencing crises, crises in authority, standards, financing, and stability. Until men turn to the biblical standards for righteous government, beginning with self-government under God's law, there will be no long-term solutions. The conflicts between man's empires will continue. The dominoes will continue to fall threatening whole civilizations. But Christians have forgotten their biblical heritage. They stand silent, yet they have the Bible in their hands. They must turn to it again for guidance and ask themselves, what does it mean to disciple the nations for Christ? It means that we must announce that Jesus is the ruler of the nations.